I am the architect of your ultimate fall. I am the null, the void, the hell that hungers, and I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm going to tell you a secret about your life, about why you'll never find true happiness, because you will always be missing something, incomplete, unfinished, and ultimately, no matter how hard you fight, which cause you choose, the battle will always end with your facing emptiness. Aloha, bienvenidos, and welcome to Noob Island, a place for nerdy fun, friendships, and learning. I'm Professor T. And I'm Professor Z. Much like the starting zone of many video games, the goal of our island resort is to teach visiting noobs about geeky subjects, but away from the stress of having to worry about sweaty tryhards, griefers, know-it-alls, or neckbeards. We like to think of it as learning in luxury. Noob? Yes, Professor? Tell the rest of the class something about yourself and what you're here to learn about today. Uh, I'm here to learn about magic and the Marvel Universe... And Mephisto. Hey, kids, it's Mephisto. Mephisto. <laughs> He's kind of like Dormammu that every time I read his name, I read it in like a stupid voice. <laughs> well, with that in mind, Professor, see what's our lesson for today. Mephisto! Mephisto! <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So a couple of things here before we start. Yes. One, we are entering into our new section, Hell, yada, yada, yada. And for funsies... I created a playlist on Spotify. I meant to tell you about this before the episode and remembered right now that is just music that I am listening to while doing my reading for this. You can find it under Noob Island Hell. And I'll send you a link so we can put it in the show notes. I'm actually doing this for every section. <laughs> okay. Uh, and no, I don't like metal. So it is, there's a lot of banjo in this one because if you want stuff about hell, so that's why you have old country <laughs> and like old rock or... Metal. I was drinking out of my coconut on the beach, and I just heard banjo music. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to run. I was wondering um, what was happening. <laughs> two, in some ways, this is going to be the most confusing episode we've done, because Mephisto lies. What? You A don't lot. say. <laughs> he lied? Right? <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is Mephisto. There's a bunch of stories that were later revealed to be Mephisto when they originally said Satan. So sometimes Satan is pretending, pretending to be Mephisto. Sometimes other people are pretending to be Mephisto. Sometimes Mephisto was pretending to be someone else pretending to be Mephisto. No, I'm just the dude playing the dude playing the other dude. <laughs> he seems bored. <laughs> also, because we've talked about before, I try to avoid stories that are ongoing. Hmm. Like, you know, we got to this point, but the story's not done yet. But Mephisto is a huge part of where Marvel comics are right now. He is a significant factor of about five ongoing major plot lines across different books. Across a million years of the time frame. So there's a bunch of stuff where I'm going to have to be like, bam. But I'm not sure where this ends yet because it's ongoing in mm -hmm. Avengers or Spider-Man or, well, Champions was canceled, but like Champions had a bunch going on with them. Doctor Strange's stuff going on. So, mm. Mephisto was never one of my favorite hero, or villains. Not hero. Never hero. Never one of my favorite villains because you know, he's the devil. Mm -hmm. 
But reading this one, I got a kind of like, oh, this is how I think Mephisto works, and it made him a lot more interesting. I think there's two ways to look at Mephisto. One, he is not human, so you can't really put human concepts to him. He is, like, pathologically incapable of not making bets and trying to steal souls and setting traps that are honestly pretty easy to defeat. Which explains why people like Daredevil and Spider-Man have beat him multiple times, even though <laughs> they should not have been able to. Spider-Man's my all-time favorite comic book hero. He should not be able to beat Mephisto. No. <laughs> Neither should Daredevil. <laughs> but, but also, you rarely get into an actual fist fight with Mephisto. He, he's like, I'm going to make a bet with you about your soul. And then, like, you win. And he's like, well, darn. <laughs> so either he is pathologically incapable, just by his nature as a hell being, of not making these deals at his own cost. The other alternative, because he is millions of years old, is that he's just so bored. <laughs> that he just throws everything at the wall and sees what sticks because he throws so many things at the wall that enough does come in, that he does get souls. Mm -hmm. And he's like, sure, I'll make a bet with Doctor Strange again. It might turn out this time. Whoops, got thrown off hell. I mean, that's only like the, the throne of hell. That's only happened about 50 times. <laughs> I'll come back. What's it matter to me? Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I kind of like bored demon who just is seeing what's going to happen. Like, you know, it's kind of like rolling a D20 to choose what you're going to do that day. Except mm -hmm. if you roll well, you might get Daredevil's soul. That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> Put him in the arena for a while. I actually do like the Daredevil Mephisto stories because Daredevil is uber Catholic and he's the devil. <laughs> the other thing to remember before I jump into this. That's half his name. The <laughs> devil. <laughs> He is the devil, but he is not Satan. Mm. Satan is a very specific hell lord. Mephisto is a very different hell lord based off of Mes Mephistopheles. Ooh, can I go into the pre-comics history of Mef Mephisto? Yeah, do that real quick. Yeah, uh, so Mephisto is the shortened form of Mephistopheles, uh, who came up in the Faust stories. Uh, the first written Faust story dates back to, I believe, 1587. It will come up in this. Uh, most people have probably heard a variation of the Faust story at some point or another now because it's just a, a very sort of classic uh, uh, outline to throw stories onto. But uh, this dude, actually, Faust was a real person. We don't know much about him uh, concretely because... He was turned into legend so quickly after his death. Oh, one of those. That it's hard to tell what was true or what was false. But basically, dude gives up his soul to Mephisto, who's acting as an agent for the devil, in return for earthly knowledge. The earliest Faust stories are very much, I'm giving up the divine for something earthly as it goes on. Oh, and in the early ones... He's damned. Mm -hmm. As it goes on and goes through time, and you you get like, uh, oh, I don't remember if they if uh, Geta actually made the change or not. But if you once you get there and beyond, eventually Faust ends up becoming saved by the end of the story, um, and it tends to be, I don't know. Honestly, the early ones are kind of like um, anti science. 
And as you go on, it's weird for the era. Yeah, it's mm, weirder. And as long as you keep striving, you can still attain uh, attain uh, salvation even after making a deal with the devil. Um, it is. Uh, it's interesting to note that the kind of demon that. Mephisto is usually portrayed as, although being a tempter and making deals with mortals in exchange for their souls, especially as you go back to the earlier works, he's not one to tempt uh, someone to test if they are uh, like true blue or not. Mephisto shows up to people who are already on the edge of being damned. They've already been seeking out things. He's just there to be like, look, You've been looking for bad crap all your life. I'm offering you the the final step. So he's, a, he's the collector at the end. He's like, yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. Really and, easy. And the, the a lot of the earliest Faust books kind of imply that he maybe was not originally a demon and had made a, a deal himself and warns Faust, like, don't do this. <laughs> this <laughs> don't do a, this, but do this. Yeah, don't give up like heavenly salvation for this because it's not going to do much for you. Uh, interestingly, it seems that the historical Faust, uh, being an alchemist amongst uh, other things, probably died in like an explosion. <laughs> I don't get a lot of alchemists' careers. Um... And only added to the legend the horrific way that he died was the devil coming to get him. <laughs> so good that's amazing he did that on purpose (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing his name is also one of those things kind of like uh the necronomicon where when you first look at it you're like oh that breaks down and then you start breaking it down and you're like this doesn't make sense anymore so the name either means not loving light not loving faust because before it was Mephistopheles, it was Mephistopheles, which uh, Fausto is sort of alludes to Faust, mm-hmm. or allied to Mephitic. And Mephitic is a term that relates to poisonous vapors emanating from the earth. Weird. Yeah, they really just didn't like science. And they're like, Mephisto is science, but not. But not. In this one, he's the devil. For the most part, Mephisto looks like the kind of Victorian-era depictions of the devil. He's got kind of spiky hair with a heavy widow's peak. He wears, you know, very tight red clothes and has a cape sometimes with a big collar. Other times he has a very, like, snake-like head and sometimes almost like frog legs or tentacles or... Um, an artist named John Romita Jr. didn't really like the Victorian-era devil look, so he kept coming up with other variations where he looked more demonic. I like it. It is not clear if Mephisto is Mephisto's real name or that's just a name that humans gave him that he just went with. If that look is his real look, everything about Mephisto has to be questioned, which is the problem with this episode. There's one other fun little bit. Sorry, go ahead. As we are recording this episode later than we were intending to, if we would have recorded it on time, it would have been within days of Ghost putting out their latest single, Call Me Little Sunshine, 
which is all about Mephisto. Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to have to add that to my hell list. It's um, amazing. <laughs> that's so good. As it is now, it's been out for a couple weeks. But still, we, we are close. Yeah, we're super close. We're like right in that little Finger window. Finger on the pulse. Also, I love Ghost. but I don't know them, but I'm going to listen to it on the way home. We might dig Ghost. We might. We'll find yeah. out. Anyways, are we ready to start here? Mm-hmm. All right, let's do this. Just to really drive home everything I was saying, there is three different origins for Mephisto. One, in a book called The Six-Fingered Hand Saga from the Defenders, it implies that Mephisto is an aspect of Satan. Not Satan himself, not an equal to Satan, but like Satan got bored and makes parts of himself that he sends out into the universe that are the other various hell lords. Interesting. This is back during the time when Marvel Comics had a much more, like, the Christian religion is kind of on top. Because mm-hmm. it was the 70s, so mm-hmm. that still happened. Uh, this was not ever really talked about again in a way I can find outside of that story. So as far as I can tell, just to mess with the Defenders, Duke, I can't think of his name, but the, the real Satan just convinced all the other Hell Lords to pretend to be little mini versions of him just for funsies and to mess with Damon Hellstrom, son of Satan. I'd do it. Yeah. Again, you have to... I would to, do it just to mess with Damon Hellstrom, son of Satan. You have to keep that in mind with all of these. Almost everything he does, I just imagine because him being like, that'd be hilarious. Like, and if it works, great. He walks in the room, they're all like, hey, son. <laughs> right? Another version is the idea that there was a primordial entity known as Nemesis, who was the first being. The, the first everything. She, they, I guess they, it's used as both, was a being of great power because, again, she was everything. They were everything and created life. But because they didn't understand concepts of good or evil or didn't really put that out into the world, all of the life they created turned evil. Nemesis disappointed by this, uh, wipes them all out and then commits suicide being with their remains becoming the Infinity Stones. Uh, after the death, the demons are reborn with one of these being Mephistos. This is from an era where Marvel had bought a different comic company called uh, Malibu and their Ultraverse, which they were seeding in with Marvel and there was a bunch of like inner company crossovers. And... They made a bunch of really bold claims, and then they stopped using Ultraverse due to various rights issues, so it's never been touched on again. Hmm. A third form, and probably the one that is most accurate, is um, way back in our very first episode, we mentioned the Demogorge, which was an elder god that destroyed all of the other elder gods. It was kind of the impetus of magic. Hmm. But after... The Demogorge defeated all the other members of the Elder Race. The dark energy created from their death forms the first demons. These include Thog, Satanish, and Mephisto. Basically, the various Hell Lords. Uh, when Mephisto is still young, he witnesses the Celestial, known as the Progenitor, succumb to the Horde, which is just evil thug creatures. It's not really that important. Um, with Mephisto taking the opportunity to lay maggots within the Celestial's body. Interesting. Yeah. It's messed up. Ew. According to Lilith, who is... There's a couple different Liliths. This is not daughter of Dracula Lilith. This is 
Lilith from the Bible. I don't actually know if Lilith is in the Bible. I am not a religious person. I don't recall but the name in the Bible. First, uh, uh, Gnostic first, texts, I believe. Okay. First wife of Adam in a lot of versions who refused to do what she was told, so they created oh. Eve instead. <laughs> Claims that Mephisto was the snake that tricked Adam and Eve into partaking of the fruit of the tree of knowledge. Oh, so they're tying back in. Which was, you know, the devil. <laughs> We're going to say that a lot. A lot. Satan. <laughs> um, around this time, Mephisto becomes increasingly obsessed with stealing human souls or convincing humans to sell their souls to him to the point that he just ignores all of the souls he already has. If we're being honest, it's kind of like me with my comic book collection. I have thousands of them, but man, <laughs> that one that I see at the store is the one that I really need right now. Mm-hmm. It's like Steam Summer Sale. <laughs> it is. Yeah, <laughs> Reason I don't look at the video game Steam selection very often. Here we enter into the first story that is going on right now as we speak mm-hmm. in the story of 1 million BC. couple of things about this. One, this story is baller. Everything Jason Aaron is writing in his Avengers run in the 1 million BC stuff is super cool. But also, it ignores all of science and all of Marvel history. It does not care about any like pre-existing stuff. So there's a whole bunch of... Um, Confusing, I don't know how to fit this into existing canon. Okay. Like, before, the Sorcerer Supreme had started, like, 30,000 years ago. Now, it started a million years ago. Also, there's these cavemen that are basically humans, but not, that form a group of Avengers. There was nothing that looked like modern humans a million years ago. (laughs) That's like 100,000 years ago. But the Avengers of 100,000 year, or 100,000 BC does not sound nearly as cool as the Avengers of 1 million BC. So we're That's just true. gonna roll with it. That's I just, very much true. Every time I read this, I'm like, this is so cool. But the science part of me hates it. <laughs> <laughs> but taking the form of a snake, which he will do a lot in this era. It's kind of his like go-to thing. Mephisto appears before a young caveman belonging to a tribe of mammoth-riding early humans. Also not a thing, also super cool. That's amazing. The boy's tribe was killed by one of the first Wendigos, a uh, demon that comes from a curse of eating human flesh. Mm -hmm. Mephisto offers the man power in exchange for vengeance, uh, if he guesses his name. Uh, When the boy agrees to the goal, or to the bargain, he possesses him with a spirit of a vengeance, creating the very first Ghost Rider, who rides a mammoth. He's Rumpelstiltskin now? Basically, but also, this is, in theory, the first Ghost Rider. This is also the first of many Ghost Riders that Mephisto will make, and kind of where I come up with my first theory that Mephisto was just rolling a die and seeing what would happen, because making a Ghost Rider never once goes well for him. <laughs> you know, that's really true, isn't he it? He keeps making Ghost Riders, and then they keep punching him in the head. <laughs> and Ghost Rider can punch him in the head. Yes, he's one of the few that can. I mean, it came up in our reading. All of the Ghost Riders just beat the heck out of him. Weird. You went hell. I'm trying not to swear in this podcast, but we are in the hell section. I, I'm going to have to be able to say hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, We're going to say hell. A lot. He also attempts to corrupt the first Iron Fist and gives the ape king of the Gorilla Clan the Power Stone. 
to help with this corruption. <laughs> he basically forms the Avengers of 1 million BC. Was that Tarzan's dad? Was Tarzan's dad a million the, alive? The ape king of the gorilla clan? Probably. <laughs> Why he formed the Avengers of 1 million BC is not 100% clear, because again, the story's going on going, and two, because why Mephisto does a lot of things is not always super clear anyways. He also meets a time-traveling doom from this period who has gone back in time to conquer the Earth early <laughs> so he can just show that it's done. But he informs this Doom that pretty much every supervillain with a time travel machine has tried this at some point. <laughs> they all go back to 1 million BC, and the Avengers of 1 million BC have to stop them. Also, that's amazing. Yes, it's great. <laughs> it just doesn't make much sense. Apparently, just because he's bored, he also convinces a young Thanos to attack the uh, Earth during this era. I'm pretty sure this also makes Thanos significantly older than he was before. Mm. But don't quote me on that because I'm not 100% sure. I say into a thing that we're going to record and release into the world. Iron Man is displaced a million years into the past. Mephisto attempts to uh, manipulate him into making a deal. First offering him gifts and then by sending the Ape King that we already mentioned to attack him. Uh, he offers him the Time Stone as well because the Infinity Stones are real popular to use at this point in, because we just went through the Infinity Saga in the MCU. He, at one point in this, claims to be Tony's real father. Of course he does. Just because, as far as I can tell. Just to see if it would work. It's the goatee. <laughs> just. <laughs> we should also point out, not important to this, it's been revealed in the last couple of years, Howard Stark is not Tony's real dad. Oh, I don't think I realized that. No, because, you know what? I do not have time to get into that. The Secret <clears throat> History of Tony Stark was a very strange book. I like well, it. one day we'll do, uh, you know, like a year or two on Gadget Heroes. God, man, we don't have time for all the stuff that we're going to get into, yeah, but I'm looking forward fun. to it. I'm also not 100% sure if this is Mephisto traveling into the past of 1 million BC to mess with people, or if this is just him setting up plans that he's just now getting back to a million years later. That's why my not? favorite version of Just it. like, oh man, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh no. Before this episode started, we were talking about how COVID has given my time blindness even worse, that I'll look at something and be like, I need to deal with that. And then suddenly it's three weeks later and I have not. Mephisto's time blindness is just... Insane, I well, guess. If he's not, oh, I was ahead. about to say, I'd I'd like to think some of these plots are for him, just like the equivalent of putting on an old coat and like finding a twenty in the pocket. <laughs> oh God, this was in here. Yeah, right. That's... He's like having a bad day. He's like, oh yeah, I did that. <laughs> Yo, old me was looking out for you. <laughs> now we are going to jump forward almost a million years to the sixth century and King Arthur's court, where. Mephisto makes a deal with Morgan Le Fay to get involved and pretty much give her shelter after she pisses off, among other people, King Arthur, a time-traveling Doctor Doom, and a time-traveling Iron Man. That's a lot of people to piss off. We talked about a little bit about this in our Morgan Le Fay episode, so I'm not going to go too into it. She didn't piss off Merlin? Uh, (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) Just a question. Doctor, it ends with Doctor Doom trapping her in a mystical cage, and Mephisto amuses himself by watching Stark try to escape Hell, battling his demonic hordes. He then once he then takes the form of Howard Stark in demonic armor, 
and I believe claims once again to be Howard Stark or to be Tony Stark's dad. If it didn't work the first time, why would it work now? To make this even weirder, this is a version of Tony Stark from earlier in Tony Stark's timeline, but later in Mephisto's timeline. Oh, that's that's so good. So Mephisto's like, I remember trying this before, and Tony's like, what is happening right now? Like, Dad, is that you? <laughs> Mephisto is the original River Song. Oh my god, right? He is a Doctor Who episode. Skipping forward to the 10th century, he convinces Apocalypse that gods who mocked him need to die. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Sending the mutant into conflict with that era's Avengers. Because apparently there was also an Avengers in the 10th century. There's always Avengers. Including Thor in this version, and another Phoenix, and another Iron Fist, another... My only problem with this is it's just becoming, oh look, Iron Fist was an Avenger. Oh look, another Iron Fist was an Avenger, or Ghost Rider. Mm. And characters who traditionally aren't big Avengers characters, but are big legacy characters. Hmm. Oh look, a Black Panther hung out with Thor. He just failed to mention it to T'Challa for 50 years of comic books. That Well, Thor also isn't human, so you can be like, oh yeah. Also, it's pretty clearly <laughs> uh, told in the Jason Aaron Thor stories. The Thor was drunk. I was about to say, like... All of this. Like, this would have been, like unworthy Thor era, even if the storyline was probably written at a time when unworthy Thor wasn't a thing. So, this like, is all pretty new. I mean, this is all yeah. the Jason Aaron stuff. Um, oh, he is had, it? So, okay. He's just gotten Mjolnir oh, for the first time, so okay. he's still... For the first time. <laughs> he's still Thor, but, like, this is Viking era Thor, okay. so, you know, he's pretending to be a woman to get married to a frost giant so him and Loki can get his hammer back, kind of Thor. So it's like right... Real story from a Norse legend. It's like right after his three doctors crossover. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Well, we don't have time for this right now. Um, in the year 987 AD, seven members of a druid cult make a deal with Mephisto. They become immortal. They'll get him a bunch of souls. For Fair the trade. next... You know, it's a pretty standard Mephisto deal. For the next thousand years, they give him various souls and end up forming a company known as Mystech. M-Y-S-T-E-C-H. Did we see that in one of our Doctor Strange books? I think in one of the Captain Britain books it Got comes it. up. Mm. Uh, this is a bunch of Marvel UK stuff. So. Got it. We're not going to do a Miss Tech episode because there's not a lot to them, but they will. They Other are one of bad name. It's so 80s, early 90s. Like, it's just peak that. I mean, um, it might have come up in Captain Britain and the MI-13. Because they used a lot of the Marvel UK stuff. Probably. The Mistech board attempts to take over the world a couple of times so they can kill a vast number of innocents so they can what? do this. A corporation right? trying to take over the world? <laughs> in 1667, Mephisto tells his tale, or no, not his tale, sorry, the tale of Lucifer's fall from heaven to John Milton. Milton wrote this down in his epic poem, Paradise Lost. <laughs> we don't know if this is true or if uh, Mephisto was just like, that was me. No, I want to believe that's true. I did that in real life. I did that. <laughs> yeah. In the 18th century, he encounters a sea captain, Just von Straten, and corrupts his soul, causing him to be consumed by greed. Uh, oh. He will become a villain known as the Flying Dutchman. We are mostly mentioning this one because I like saying the words Just von Straten, and I am probably mispronouncing that, uh, and two, because he will come up for about four seconds later on, later in the story. In 1775, Heinrich Faust... 
made a demonic bargain with Mephisto, but because he used his gift for good instead of evil, he got out of the contract on a technicality. He later told his tale to Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, which inspired the play Faust, the Tragedy, which is everything Tyler told us before. Sweet. Also, I didn't know this until researching for this, and not to be, like, a super can correct you, but no, because okay. I, I had no idea myself going into this other than, like, I'm pretty sure that combination of letters in German is really weird. Goethe. Goethe? Von Goethe. Von Goethe. <laughs> Look, man, I'm from Montana. Um, I try. <laughs> I've, well, I've ran into that name so many times because doing fried squirms, we run into a lot of variations on the Faust tale. Go figure, dealing with demons. Weird. And so I've read that name 500 times and only today looked up how to actually pronounce it. It's fun. <laughs> it actually makes sense. Anytime there's that many vowels in a European <laughs> word, I'm going to mispronounce it. In the 19th century, Dr. Jonas Ravencroft, who founded the Ravencroft Institute, which is basically Marvel's version of Arkham Asylum, it, it's knockoff Arkham, but one of the workers building the facility claims that Mephisto told him to cave the four man's head in with a hammer. <laughs> this was kind of... In the last few years, Marvel has been attempting to kind of turn Ravencroft into a full-on Arkham, including, like, it is a haunted insane asylum, yada, yada, yada. Honestly, it's not that interesting to me because we've already read Arkham Asylum, a serious house on a serious earth. But there we have it. <laughs> And the, one sentence you could utter to make the situation crazier is Satan told me to do it. And you're like, okay. <laughs> sure, bud. Got it. We don't have much of what he did during the Victorian era, but considering the wildness of hell stuff in the Victorian era, I have to imagine that that was just one of his favorite periods in human history. <laughs> In the 20th century in World War II, Nazi scientists created what was known as the Dark Door. I'm not sure what they were trying to make, but what they succeeded in making was a portal to Mephisto's realm. Oh, that's probably what he wanted. Probably. <laughs> it's a very, like, opening scene of the Hellboy movie kind of situation. He's probably sending us around and opens. He's like, oh, hey. <laughs> Before they could unlock all the secrets, the Allies arrived and the project was destroyed. What secrets? Uh, one of the scientists escapes to the U.S. in what I assume is part of Project Paperclip, which is a real thing where mm. we took a bunch of Nazi scientists to give us a technological edge and... We can see the downsides of it to this day. Yeah, they went to NASA. Oh, boy. Not just to NASA. Well, a lot There's of places. some wild stuff that happened. But a lot of them went to NASA. He escapes to the U.S. and began to work for the government, hoping to continue his work. Mephisto is able to trick the scientists into believing that the door was a portal to the Vril. Vril is an ongoing, weird, real-life thing where people thought that it was like a mystical energy or an ancient speed. There's a couple different versions of it. Mm -hmm. Instead of an alien species that originally inhabited Earth centuries past, it was, again, Mephisto's realm. <laughs> Mephisto manipulates this scientist, whose name is Thule, by the way, which is like the Thule Society, <laughs> to awesome. sacrifice lives to open the door, uh -huh. which, in not the real ancient species, were just demons. Mm -hmm. So it just unleashed more demons into the Earth. Do you think Mephisto was sitting there trying to make up a name for the place? He's like, Vril. For real, he's just got like a keyboard, like a generation early, and is just like pushing buttons. That one looks great because he knows about the all the other alien races out there. He's like, eh, not super important, but I tried Wordle. 
And all of the words, like, whenever I get stuck on something, my brain's like this. And I'm like, that's from a comic book. There's no <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> this brings us into the quote-unquote modern era. Sometime around the beginning of what is known as the Age of Marvels, which is just Fantastic Four onward, mm-hmm. Mephisto peers into his own future and sees that one day uh, he's going to be defeated by Spider-Man or Spider-Man's daughter, more likely. Because of this... He decides that he is going to make a lot of plans to mess with Peter Parker. I'm going to say right now, I cannot explain a lot of his plans here. Mm-hmm. We will try. I tried to explain it to Tyler before this, and I did not succeed. Oh, what a tangled web Mephisto weaves. Oh my god, I hate <laughs> you so much. <laughs> so, Mephisto actually first appears in the comics in Silver Surfer stories. Okay. Hmm. He is obsessed with the Silver Surfer. Less so in modern days because Silver Surfer doesn't hold a series very much anymore. I mean, have you seen Silver Surfer? He's pretty cool. He's gorgeous and he's got a pure heart. (laughs) Yeah, I like him. And so Mephisto's like, that guy. I want that guy. (laughs) That's the pure heart part that he likes. (laughs) Also, he's a silver naked man. Like, I'm pretty sure Mephisto's into that. (laughs) I mean... But, I mean, literally one of the things is Silver Surfer has one of the purest hearts mm. in the Marvel Universe. So, so he is just... Mephisto just... Mm, he wants him so bad. I'm surprised <laughs> Thor's hammer doesn't just magnetize to him at all times. Mephisto or the Silver Surfer? The Silver Surfer. <laughs> the hammer's just like, no. Honestly, he probably could pick it up. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's happened, but I'd be surprised if it has not. Right. Now, during a lot of these early stories... Silver Surfer cannot leave Earth. After he betrayed Galactus oh, as his punishment, Galactus puts a invisible barrier around the Earth that the Silver Surfer cannot pass through. You're not letting him surf. That's rude. No, he can surf. He just can only surf on Earth. That's like the pond and there's an ocean out there. Oh, <laughs> Surfer was pissed about it. <laughs> Now, the important reason to mention this is because pretty much Mephisto's only game plan for most of this was, I'll let you leave Earth if you give me your soul. (laughs) Or I will let you meet your old girlfriend, Shalabal, if you give me your soul. Silver Surfer is technically Norinrad from the planet Zen La, engaged to Shalabal. There's a theme to Stanley's writing, and it's mostly, let's put an apostrophe or a dash in somewhere in a weird place. Is Mephisto more powerful? Than uh, Galactus? Because Galactus ate Dormammu. This is going to fall under it depends on the writer. Um, I don't think Galactus would have been able to eat Dormammu if he hadn't been dropped into the magic dimensions and had just been eating magic like a mad person for a while. (laughs) Been eating steroids. (laughs) (laughs) He's Um, so... I, I mean, it's hard to say because if we said you rarely see Mephisto punch somebody, much in the same way of Galactus. There's very rarely, like, physical fights going on. I've only ever seen him use a club. It is high-level weird manipulation stuff. And it's actually been implied Galactus is not actually a giant man in purple boy shorts. He is... That is just how our mind mm-hmm. makes him look because we can't... Perceive what Perceive actually it? is there. But also, people have stolen his helmet a couple of times, so I don't know if that actually works. I mean, 
That's probably how he perceived what we stole from him. It does look really cool that the helmet of Galactus was used to fix the rainbow bridge into Asgard. Mm -hmm. So, like, you go to Asgard and Thor's just got, like, I took this! <laughs> this is mine! <laughs> Galactus is out there like, ah! <laughs> Anyways, back to Mephisto. Mephisto kidnaps Shala Ball and uses her to force the surfer to do his bidding and give up his soul. He takes her to his realm, being like, haha, you gave me your soul, but I'm leaving anyways, and then goes, oh, crap, you can follow me here. Because apparently, Mephisto's realm is within, or the barrier, like, it, it isn't interfered with the barrier. Because he's changing dimensions, mm -hmm. not going into space. Uh, he, Mephisto tries to tempt the surfer, and it does not work. In a final attempt to corrupt the surfer, Mephisto absorbs the surfer into his mind. However, the surfer is so pure that it actually does the opposite effect, and Mephisto starts getting purified by the surfer instead of the surfer getting corrupted by Mephisto. Dude. <laughs> Mephisto decides he wants nothing to do with this, kicks the surfer out, and sends Shalabal back to Zenla. His next attempt was to use the wandering ghost of Joost von Straten, who, as I mentioned, we'd come back... <laughs> who has kind of Gallagher hair and two robot hands, despite the fact that he's a ghost. I do not know how that works. Um, <laughs> Are you looking at him right now? I got to see this. Oh, my. What is wrong with him? Oh, my goodness. Who drew that? Uh, that looks like Sal Buscema to me, but I could be wrong. I think Buscema was a pretty big one anyways. Um... Mephisto uses his powers to transform the ghost of Eust into... One version says the ghost, and the other says the Flying Dutchman. A super powerful entity to battle the surfer. However, after the battle, the ghost renounces Mephisto, who then banishes the ghost back to Limbo. However, in the most over-the-top sentence I ever get to say, possibly, and this is the whole reason we're doing this part of the story, the surfer sheds a single tear... It is so pure, it breaks the ghost's curse, freeing him from Mephisto's control, allowing him to finally reach his eternal rest. Don't worry about it. It was already a, go <laughs> it was already a ghost that was firing energy blasts from its metal claws. What? <laughs> Honestly, put him in the next Marvel movie. I don't care which movie. We just need Eust von Straten. Watch him fight Ant-Man. That would be incredible. That would be great. He'd probably win. <laughs> yeah, it's Ant-Man. In his third attempt, Mephisto offers the surfer uh, freedom and sends him, uh, he'll send him back to Zen Law. In return, he has to destroy S.H.I.E.L.D. Why S.H.I.E.L.D.? Not really clear. I think Mephisto, again, just rolled a dice and saw what happened. But just to be the extra level that he is, he kidnaps Shala Ball and disguises her as a secretary in S.H.I.E.L.D., hoping that when Surfer destroys S.H.I.E.L.D., he'll kill Shala Ball. Just because he's a d Except Surfer refuses to kill anyone because he's the Surfer. And so he's like, well, that didn't work, and sends Shala Ball back to Zen Law. This is like the third time. <laughs> She's probably like, stop! <laughs> Please, let me be with him, or let me stay here. It's I just getting real hard. I want to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that it's not like over course of time, but like drop you off, pick you up. Hey, no, oh, come on. I got in bed, come on. The fourth attempt, Mephisto again kidnaps Shala Ball but then transforms himself into energy and sends the energy orb out into space. The surfer chases after it, but he can't 
uh, past the barrier, and so Mephisto escapes. As far as I know, he just sends Shalabal back after that. I do not... I. I haven't read this issue, and I could not find a solution that makes sense <laughs> to the end of this. I just love that Mephisto's like has one move against the surfer. Later, Thor, trapped in Loki's body, is banished to Mephisto's realm. But when Mephisto touches Thor's shoulder, he realizes it's Thor, and both are frozen in a chunk of ice. Sit, Lady Sif and the Warriors Free, Warriors Three, go to free him. That's a confusing sentence. Thor uses his powers to free his friends and then defeats Mephisto by radiating his inner goodness, causing the Hellboard to suffer extreme pain. There's a lot of these of, like, I want the good guy. God, I want him so bad, but ow! Stop touching me. The good guy really hurts. <laughs> Mephisto transfers them back to Asgard, and they just kind of decide not to talk about this from then on. Okay. He, at this point, will battle Thor a lot, um, I think because I'm pretty sure the Silver Surfer series ended at that point, but people liked Mephisto. Mm. Cynthia Von Doom, the mother of Doctor Doom. What a name. <laughs> Cynthia Von Doom. Cynthia Von Doom. <laughs> what a name. Is facing persecution because, well, she's Romani and it's not great. Uh, she sells her soul to Mephisto in exchange for power, but is corrupted by the power and starts killing the Baron's men. Also, unknown to her, the cost of the magic she was using was the death of children in the village. So she's like, I'll stop you, and kills that guy, and then another kid just, like, biffs it. Oh, no. I guess. <laughs> wow. Not okay with this. She renounces her power and is stabbed by a dying guardsman. She survives long enough to wander into the woods where uh, she dies in the arms of her husband, making him promise to keep their son Victor from walking the same path as her. Uh, upon her death, she is sent to Mephisto's realm. Doctor Doom immediately walks the same path as her and starts practicing magic. <laughs> Once a year, getting into a battle with one of Mephisto's minions to uh, uh, try to free her mother's soul. We talked about this in the Doctor Doom episode. He eventually succeeds by trying to trade Mephis or uh, Strange's soul for hers, and in the process, freeing both of them. Oh, good for him. I guess. I have an answer to that energy thing before. Yes, please. Thank he you. doesn't even turn into energy. He like strikes out at her. So because so him and Surfer are actually in physical combat. Oh, okay. He strikes out at her. Oh, Surfer's, turns her into energy? Yeah. Surfer's like, oh no, I have to protect her. And in that second of him like letting go and being like, I have to protect her, Mephisto's like, instead of hitting her, I'm just going to turn it into a spell and turn her into energy. And now she's getting rocketed off into the cosmos. Huh. Weird. She has not had a great time of things, <laughs> to be entirely honest with you. Um... However, right before she passes through the, the Galactus barrier, uh, Surfer manages to imbue her energy ball with part of the power cosmic, and it allows her to revitalize her planet when she gets there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Man, the stuff I was reading is described that incredibly badly. <laughs> um, again, I apologize. I try to read as much of these as I can, but there's... A little more relying on Wikipedia than I care for, because we also all work full-time jobs. <laughs> the The last thing about the Doom thing is he doesn't actually battle Mephisto. He battles Mephisto's champion, Kagrok the Killer. 
which I just mentioned because that's a pretty sweet name. That's pretty good. So the human stunt cyclist Johnny Blaze, which is a great name, makes a pact with Mephisto, uh, who he believes to be Satan, because in the original version it was Satan, and then they retcon to this later on, uh, exchanging his soul to save his his stepfather, Crash Simpson, from dying from cancer. (laughs) But because he made a deal with the devil, and this doesn't go very well, like you would expect, uh, instead of dying from cancer, Crash dies the next day from an unsuccessful motorcycle stunt. Like, your cancer's cured. And he's like, that's great. I'm going to do a motorcycle stunt. And then dies. Immediately. Mephisto goes to collect uh, Johnny Blaze's soul, but Crash's daughter, Roxanne, recites a spell of banishment she read in one of Blaze's occult books, because apparently he just was hanging out with occult books, forcing Mephisto to flee. But before Mephisto flees, he grafts the essence of the demon Zarathos to Blaze's body. Zarathos is... Going to get it better explained in our spirit or in our ghostwriter episodes. He's not a spirit of vengeance, but he's a lot like a spirit of vengeance. Okay. This creates not the first ghostwriter in universe canonically, because that's Mammoth Boy. What a name. I, I don't know what to call him. I don't know his name. Mammoth <laughs> Boy. But it creates the first ghostwriter ever created. Okay. Our ghostwriter. He will go on to mess with ghostwriter a lot. As he just, I don't know, for funsies, because again, he just gets bored. We should also note a lot of these stories are being written during the kind of early days of the satanic panic, before it had gone full on D&D is corrupting children. Magic but like, is bad. Er, well, I mean, we've been saying that for generations. But like, <laughs> early exorcist stuff uh-huh. onto, like, this is 70s and 80s storytelling. Mm. Uh, so the fear of hell was getting pretty powerful. Mephisto makes a deal with a woman named Jennifer Glatzer, who is a Satanist, which is why I mentioned that. Uh, she would get other people involved in Satanism under the pretense of harmless fun. However, they soon become sacrifices offered to Satan. Rather and Linda's soul was put in forfeit. He sends her after the Ghost Rider, but when she fails, Mephisto forces her to turn her own satanic power on herself in front of the Ghost Rider as both a punishment and a warning. In a desperate bid to save Roxanne, who Mephisto also really wants to mess up because he messed up, she messed up stealing Johnny Blaze's soul, Mm -hmm. uh, Blaze attempts to sacrifice himself to the devil. However, he is stopped by Damien Hellstrom, son of Satan. Man, in man, man, what man. I believe is the first appearance of Damien Hellstrom, Son of Satan. Oh, very early appearance, mm-hmm. if not the very first. When Norman Osborn, who will later become the Green Goblin, is about to go bankrupt and out of business, <laughs> Mephisto appears and offers uh, you will have great success in exchange for your son's soul. Norman at first is like, what? No, what's wrong with you? But because Norman is the absolute worst. He's pretty bad. He's the worst. He changes his mind when Mephisto goes, what if I sweeten the deal? You won't remember that you did this. And he's like, well, that sounds like something I can live with. <laughs> uh, you were correct. That was the first Hellstrom appearance. Hell yeah. That'll come up actually probably next week. Not next week, but next time. Norman agrees, but he is transformed by this becoming utterly relentless, super abusive, and uh, absolutely insane with the powers he develops. 
Cool. Not, I mean, he develops powers on his own with the goblin formula, but this leads to the kind of ruthlessness that involves creating a goblin formula and injecting yourself with it to see what would happen. Harry's life is pretty much screwed from that point on. Huh. Nothing good happens to Harry Osborn. <laughs> Poor kid. Disguised as Satan, uh, Mephisto uses a <laughs> man named James Mandarin. Not the Iron Man villain, the Mandarin, just a dude whose name is James Mandarin. Uh, to lure Doctor Strange to hell. Mandarin was attempting to get Strange to teach him magic, and Strange was resisting because he was kind of a weirdo. Mephisto uses Mandarin to break into um, Strange's home and steal some of Strange's mystical books. Why he needs Strange's mystical books, I don't know. It could just be Mephisto wanted to take them so Strange couldn't have them. That's probably what it was. Strange catches him, saves Mandarin, and erases all memories he had of all memories Mandarin had of Strange being a sorcerer. The Hell Lords meet in Hades, where they decide to merge their respective realms, just creating one big hell, and begin taking in new souls. They perform a ritual to um, create a nexus of the Netherworlds. Instead of working, though, they accidentally summon the Demogorge again, who begins consuming the Hell Lords. Oh no! <laughs> Couldn't have happened to better people. Mephisto steal, uh, seeks to steal the Beyonder's powers in order to win the favor of Death, who is the physical manifestation of the concept of Death. This is a woman who is above any, like, gods of Death, any yada yada yada. Thanos destroys half the world in an attempt, or half of all life in creation, in an attempt to win her favor. Oh. Thanos is hella obsessed with Death. I did not mean to make the pun I just made there. Yeah. But to do this, Mephisto creates an army of dead supervillains called the Legion of Curse to attack the Beyonder. Or not dead supervillains, just supervillains. He later does same things with dead supervillains. Uh, who The Beyonder is saved by the Thing. After the Legion of Curse was defeated, Mephisto returns his members to where they were before he formed the team. This is what I mean by he will come up with these plans that if they win, they get ultimate power. But if they fail, whatever, it was kind of fun. He's not, he doesn't care anymore. Not really. <laughs> In the same way, he uh, he bounds demons to the actor Martin Pearson, creating the entity called Master Pandemonium, which he will later use to uh, mess with Scarlet Witch and drive her insane. I mean, that's not hard. She's already insane. <laughs> Dr. Doom kidnaps Franklin Richards, the son of Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman, to try to give Franklin's soul to Mephisto in exchange for the freedom of his mother's. It doesn't work. I'm not sure why. Maybe his soul was too pure. Maybe he's aware that Franklin is going to be the... Franklin is revealed to have omnipotent powers to an insane degree and will actually become Galactus in the next world. Galactus was the last survivor of the universe before the Big Bang. Franklin's going to be the one for the next. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be a hungry boy. They're all Franklin is a big, weird, confusing dude. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I had no idea. In a storyline called Mephistoverse that I actually asked you guys to read, but I don't know if you got to it or not. I, nope. I mentioned it. Okay, cool. That's fine. It's a fun little Mephisto story, but it's a lot like that uh, Storm and Ilyana mm. miniseries that we read of miniseries in the 80s that was mostly just throw stuff at the wall and see what would stick. I read it. Starts playing games where he's just kidnapping the souls of various women 
from different super teams and then like trading up until he gets Thor's. <laughs> Mostly is an attempt to mess with Hela. Mm-hmm. He makes it look like he's losing power to Hela and that he's getting weaker and other demons are attacking him. And he it's later revealed that he just did this mostly to mess with Hela. He did this to make it look like he had Thor's soul to piss off Hela because Thor or Hela wants Thor's soul more than anyone else's because he's the purest of Asgard mm-hmm. and she is the Asgardian goddess of death. Also, Thor's her uncle. She's Loki's daughter. <laughs> okay. It's kind of revealed he did this all. He never had a claim on Thor's soul. He doesn't have the right to Thor's soul. He just wanted to make Hela mad. So he made it look like his empire was crumbling and tortured five different super teams? Oh, wow. Just because? Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, around this time, we meet the first of Mephisto's kids, his daughter, Mephista, who looks like Mephisto, but is a lady. Honestly, I'm only mentioning this because Mephista exists and she deserves to be mentioned. Who makes these names? Uh, Roy Thomas, probably, but I'm not 100% sure. It could be Roger Stern. I like to think it's Mephista wearing a wig. (laughs) (laughs) Craters, Roy Thomas, Dan Thomas, and Jackson... Guise, I think. G-U-I-C-E. Yeah. Guise. I've already read it as Guise, but we've already discussed my inability to pronounce names today. Um, Mephisto actually has three kids, Mephista, Blackheart, and one whose name I can't remember because he appears in one comic from what I could tell. It's Grey something. Now, we discussed in the Scarlet Witch episode how confusing Scarlet Witch's children are. Because in one version, they just didn't exist. In uh, They were just part of the Scarlet Witch's powers. Mm. In another version... It was part of uh, Master Pandemonium's soul that she stole. Mm. In another version, it was part of Mephisto's version or soul that she stole. I'm just going to mention this here. I think the most popular version was that it was part of Mephisto's soul. But at this point, they have become entirely separate beings. Uh, Greylight. Greylight. Who looks awesome. No, he looks real cool. They just haven't done much with him, so... I think he's technically dead currently. Probably. Most of them are. <laughs> But they can just come back. This brings us to Blackheart. And we're going to go real fast over this part because Blackheart is going to come up much more in the Hell Lords episode. Oh, man. Greylight got punched into dust by the Hulk. I love comic books. (laughs) So much. Oh, my goodness. That's metal. (laughs) Can I get punched into dust by the Hulk? (laughs) <laughs> so back to Blackheart I'm sorry Greylight you're great I might look into you and we can mention you a little bit in the Hell Lords episode but like literally there's not much to him I mean there is he's everywhere <laughs> <laughs> okay so there's a bunch of dust <laughs> Mephisto's son Blackheart kills Mephisto and takes the throne of Hell but Mephisto comes back to life and just decides to mess around for a while while uh, Blackheart is holding the reins to Hell he goes to an alternate universe to marry its inhabitant, Sarah Pizzini, who is the Witchblade. Okay. In a Marvel crossover. Um, He's just taking a vacation. For this, he needs the Silver Surfer's power cosmic, but he comes into conflict with a person named Weapon Zero, who is a Top Cow character. I do not know much about them. <laughs> Top Cow is a part of Image. Okay. Weapon Zero is trying to find a way to enter Mephisto's universe. 
Mephisto manages to trick the Silver Surfer into helping him into going into this alternate universe, and then went on to possess a man named Killraiser, because Image really was the, like, peak of 90s weird names. Oh, Weapon Zero is the team, Fist is the, uh, character. Oh, thank you. Uh, possessing Killraiser, Killraiser goes on to fight against Psyblade of the, uh, team Cyberforce. And Ghost Rider, who had arrived into this universe thanks to uh, the witch Jennifer Kale and the being Eternity in an attempt to stop Mephisto. Mephisto is defeated, but leaves Ghost Rider behind. As Mephisto forces New Yorkers of this universe to go and kill everyone in their path, Ghost Rider allies with Ballistic, also of Cyber Force, into fighting the Hordes of Demons, while Wolverine and Zoe Culloden of a interdimensional organization company called Landa, Luckman, and Lake, that honestly, we do not have time to go into, uh, arrives into this universe to stop Mephisto. Mephisto takes possession of Ballistic's teammate, Heatwave, and under the guise of the city's mayor, captures Zoe. Wolverine and Ballistic fight him and free Culloden from his grasp. This was a series of one-shot crossovers of, like, Ghost Rider and Witchblade, Wolverine and so-and-so, Ballistic and so-and-so with Mephisto being the overarching villain throughout all of these, which is why each little character gets one little bit to do in this. When Sarah Pizzini returns, Mephisto takes on the appearance of a man named Ian Nottingham, who is a big villain of hers, and the two go out to dinner. While inside the restaurant, Wolverine charges in and assaults Mephisto, but Sarah, not realizing that it's Mephisto and thinking it's her buddy Ian, attacks until she realizes the truth. Electra, who also gets involved, joins the fight. You know what? I'm just going to skip to the end of this. He continues to cause chaos for a while. A bunch of people get involved, and he eventually gets punched repeatedly and sent back to the Marvel Universe. Cool. I was going to try and read that. I've read those. They're hard to find. I've read them. They're fun. They don't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> Blackheart is eventually overthrown. Ghost Rider becomes the ruler of hell. Mephisto takes back his throne after Ghost Rider abandons it. This is a different Ghost Rider than the one we talked about. This is, uh, is Noble this Chaos. Oh, this is Noble. Okay. Which is part of the whole Danny Catch thing. Again, we will cover that in our Ghost Rider episodes. The Defender known as Nighthawk was put into a coma and kept alive, uh, listed in the hospital simply as John Doe. He's revived from his coma, seemingly by an angel, who grants him special visions, which enables him to see crimes before they're committed. Uh, returning to a life of heroic, Nighthawk soon found that this supposed blessing is a nightmare in the making. Mm. He attacks criminals before they've committed a crime, making him a criminal himself and yeah. attracting the attention of Daredevil. Yeah, weird. There's a very minority report thing yeah. going on here. I think this came out before Minority Report, but ever since Minority Report came out, it's just kind of the thing. Uh, Nighthawk... In a clash between the two, kills Daredevil. Oh, no. He and Daredevil's corpse are sent to hell, where Kyle learns that his gift was actually given to him by Mephisto because Mephisto was bored that day. <laughs> Trapped in hell, Kyle fights his way out of hell, carrying the corpse of Daredevil along the way, <laughs> and finds a mean to restore Daredevil back to life via demonic flames. You know, that's fair. Again, I'm going to point this out. Daredevil is hella Catholic. Yeah. He's not happy about it. Any of this. <laughs> but in his superhero name is the word devil, so, I mean, he's asking for it. Oh, there's a whole bunch going on. <laughs> they escape from hell after Mephisto attempts to trick the two heroes into believing that they were in heaven. However, Daredevil sees through the illusion, because Catholic. radar sense in Catholicism, <laughs> and they return to Earth. 
Daredevil sees through the illusion is one of my favorite sentences. (laughs) (laughs) That's so bad. (laughs) Mephisto goes to meet with the Black Panther. He travels to the apartment where Everett K. Ross, a ally of the Black Panther, who's played by Martin Freeman in the movie, opens the door expecting to find Panther, but instead finds a giant demon. Ross becomes the literal devil's advocate as he's left to entertain him until the Panthers return. Mephisto conjures a pair of pants for Everett while they wait, which frightened Everett as he believed he had sold his soul in exchange for a pair of pants. On accident. Poor guy. Uh, (laughs) But it turns out that it's not real, that Mephisto was just messing with him. T'Challa returns, saves Everett, and knocks out the demon. Everett wonders how he could defeat Mephisto so easily. It was revealed that he sold his soul to him, but what Mephisto was not aware was that the Black Panther was forever tied to the Panther God and could not actually sell his soul. Huh. Which is how he was able to defeat Mephisto. So, I guess. Interesting. After the death of Mockingbird, her soul has apparently become trapped in Mephisto's realm. Bobby sends a message during a time where she was a ghost uh, to the Avengers saying, tell Hawkeye he can come rescue me. They go to hell hoping to save Mockingbird, but it turns out that they were actually saving uh, Hellcat, who is the former wife of Damon Hellstrom, son of Satan. Got it. Now, to make this more confusing, it was later retconned that Mockingbird wasn't actually dead, but kidnapped by the Skrulls. Okay. And it's just never been explained how her ghost was able to do this while she was in a Skrull prison. Don't worry about it is my answer. Got it. Okay. A version of magic from an alternate universe has a son called Hutch. It's a bad name, but there it is. <laughs> Unfortunately, as he'd been born between dimensions, all dimensions had equal claim on the child. Whoa. Yeah, this is super wild. I had never heard of this before reading this story. That's... It's super wild, man. It's... Um, and he doesn't have actually a true body because he doesn't actually fit in any of the dimensions. A desperate mother, a version of magic, def- uh, strikes a deal with Mephisto, who would ensure that Hutch would get a body. Unfortunately, the cost would be the death of every mutant in all dimensions, as all of them were drawn to the dimension where Hutch was. <laughs> the boy is happy to finally have a body and see his mother, but when he learns the insane deal that she makes, uh, sacrifices himself, returns to being non-corporeal, to make sure this doesn't happen. This is from a story from X-Men Unlimited. As far as I can tell, it was never mentioned again. Can you imagine? It was just a story someone came up with. Hutch is adorable, though. Oh, yeah. He's just a cute little baby. (laughs) Can you imagine waking up in a body like, wow, that's so cool. And you're like, hey, mom. Uh, (laughs) Hey, I killed every every mutant And then you just immediately kill yourself. Ever. (laughs) Short. That was a speed run (laughs) to how fast you could die. In possibly my favorite example of Mephisto throwing things at the wall just to see what would stick, he crashes Nightcrawler's birthday party to ask if he'd be willing to battle or to help in a battle of the Hell Realms. He offers to resurrect Nightcrawler's brother in re- and protect their family in return. Nightcrawler says no and tells him to leave. That's the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> Mephisto's like, well, it was worth a shot. And and he takes off. Out. Yeah. Oh my like, Nightcrawler's a, Nightcrawler's awesome. <laughs> Nightcrawler also might be the only person more Catholic than Daredevil. And he looks like a demon because Marvel has a very specific theme when it comes to Catholics. It's awesome. The juxtaposition is very nice. Here, 
we enter into the part of where I was saying, I cannot make this make sense. Harry Osborne dies. <laughs> that part makes sense. Start of the sentence. Uh, he wakes up in hell, greeted by Mephisto. Awesome Confused, sense. Harry notes that his death was super heroic. He died saving Peter and Mary Jane. Admittedly, from one of his own traps. Also, he died. Did damn his son for eternity. No, no, this is Harry. This is the son who was oh, damned. got it, got it, got it. Mephisto points out that Harry had a bunch of other schemes in progress, <laughs> which I feel like Mephisto's like, respect. <laughs> like, I forget two minutes, okay. <laughs> including he had created a bunch of robots that were disguised as Peter's parents to pretending to come back to life in an attempt to drive Peter Parker mad that he just sort of forgot to mention to Peter while he was dying, probably because he was busy dying. Can you imagine? He's in there, he's like, oh yeah. <laughs> didn't do that. Also, and here's the most confusing part, there was a storyline mm -hmm. that said that Norman Osborn had had an affair with Gwen Stacy and had children, the Stacy twins. Okay. That were aged to adulthood thanks to weird goblin formula <laughs> things. <laughs> This is the most hated storyline in the history of Spider-Man. I can see why. Followed by the one we'll talk about immediately after this. Oh, but oh, I, Is it the one you hate even more? The one that I refuse to read for this. <laughs> but it turns out that this was actually a plot by Harry during one of his manic evil phases. Where he created fake children that were clones... Mixed DNA of Norman and Gwen Stacy. He also somehow puts fake memories in Norman Osborn's brain, so he thinks he had an affair with Gwen Stacy. They could have so easily just retconned this away that it never happened, and instead they made it so much more confusing. But I'm just going to say, among other things, there's fake clones of his... Is he a Doctor Doom wannabe? <laughs> Fake clones of, I guess, what would be his brother and sister, younger brother and sister. He would have to get cells to do that from both his dad and Gwen Stacy. There, oh, I mean, that probably is not terribly difficult to do. There is an evil AI version of Harry Osborn that is existing, creating evil LMD uh, robot versions of Peter's parents. He also creates a clone of himself, or possibly Norman creates a clone of him, that he sends to Europe to come back to life later on. Okay. Harry Osborn died. Like, out of, out of comics continuity, out of trying to explain this way to make sense. Harry Osborn died. It was later retconned that he wasn't actually dead. He was hidden away by his father in Europe in rehab. Which he, is the clone. Yes. <clears throat> he comes back. Got it. That is later revealed to be a clone. Harry's soul, the original Harry, is also in hell. Mm. And then the third version, an AI version of Harry that's off doing evil Harry stuff. <laughs> Making clones or robots of Peter's dead parents. Do you think after the fifth time doing that, you're like, I don't, I don't think this is the thing to be doing right now. <laughs> they come up with some weird plan that I'm going to try to come back to later when we get to the actual story. But he creates... Out of the souls of the two clones of the Stacy twins, a demon named Kindred, who would go on to come real close to damning Peter to hell by driving him absolute bonkers. That's the only words for it. Absolute bonkers. 
When Spider-Man's Aunt May is wounded from a sniper bullet, uh, thanks to the Kingpin, <laughs> after Civil War, Spider-Man reveals his secret identity. Yes. In revenge of all the times that Spider-Man has messed up his plans, Kingpin puts out a hit on Aunt May. She almost dies. Spider-Man beats Kingpin to a pulp as Peter Parker in prison, like he breaks into prison, almost beats Kingpin to death, says, if you ever touch my family again, I'm going to inject web fluid into your throat, like just shoot it down your throat until you choke to death. And I did this in front of every person in this prison so they realize how weak you are. And then leaves. Oh my goodness. Don't mess with Peter Parker. Oh no. <laughs> Angry Peter is amazing, but like, oh no. That's brutal. <sighs> Mephisto pops up and offers him a deal. He will save Aunt May from death, but erases marriage to marry Jane Watson as a penance. He doesn't want a soul. He just wants their marriage, their happiness. The original implication is he just is doing this to be a d It's later implied that he did this to make sure the two of them would never have children because, as I mentioned earlier, it's implied that his children, his child, May Parker, will be the person to defeat Mephisto for good. Which is... Crazy. Mary Jane gets them to agree to the deal, but in return, uh, they need to erase Peter Par or everyone's memory that Peter Parker was Spider-Man so uh, they can be happy. So Peter has a chance at happiness again. Because at this point, he's on the run and people are trying to, you know, snipe Aunt May from six blocks away. That mental image and sentence of trying to snipe Aunt May just gets me every time. It's a really uncomfortable <laughs> panel when you're seeing Aunt May through the sniper scope. I'm just going to say that right there. She's like 80. What do you mean trying to snipe? <laughs> yeah, he does sacrifice his uh, future happiness and a child, sort of, for the life of his octogenarian aunt. I mean, he's a sweetheart. <laughs> he really cares. Deciding to mess with Hella again... Mephisto donates a portion of his realm to the Desir, who are like the prototype Valkyries. Okay. They're kind of like if you mix the Draugr, like zombie Vikings, with the Valkyries that Bor, Odin's father, made. Mostly to annoy his demon subjects and to mess with Loki and Hela. Uh, also because he had various ideas of what he wanted to do with the Desir, but honestly, they're not that interesting, so we're going to kind of skip over it. This is starting to get to the point where Mephisto is just appearing everywhere. When Danny Moonstar, who we've done an episode on, is forcibly removed from hell, or forcibly moved to hell, the new mutants try to teleport to hell, one L, Hela's realm, hell, but accidentally go to hell, two L's, Mephisto's realm, <laughs> instead. Mephisto... <laughs> That's kind of amazing. It's great. It's actually... God, that series was a lot of fun. <laughs> Mephisto offers them a deal. He'll send them to hell and even transport them straight into hell yeah, uh, in exchange for a date with Magma. Magma, who has never made a good decision in her life, agrees. Uh, and they actually go on multiple dates where he admits to her that he is, you know, a demon and not a human, but he occasionally has demon urges. She kind of enjoys it. As I said, they go on multiple dates. Um, <laughs> demon urges. But when she uncovers that the, he had been making dealings with the Desir, which are real dangerous and kind of trying to kill Danny Moonstar because she's a Valkyrie, mm -hmm. uh, she calls off the relationship, which he is unhappy about. He got dumped. <laughs> yeah. By Magma, 
the worst of the new mutants. <laughs> which might make her the worst, like in the running for the worst X-Man of all time. I'm just imagining Mephisto Don't showing up at a bar. I do not like magma at all. <laughs> just showing up at a bar on Earth and just drinking. He's like, I, I got dumped. <laughs> it's just Mephisto there drinking. This is also the beginning of, honestly, my favorite Mephisto look where he just pops up in a red suit all the time, yeah. which is just slick. Mm-hmm. Turns out that Mephisto likes to occasionally pop up at a random bar and talk about his day. <laughs> if you listen and survive, he gives you a tip. At the latest bar, he tells the bartender about what's going on in a big crossover called Fear Itself. He offers the barman a deal of eternal life with no pain. He whisks him away to his realm, where he used his blood to provide ink and wrote a request for a tree with the serpent and a warning about Loki. So basically, he's like, if you listen through all of this, I will give you a life with no pain. Then, from what I can tell, steals this dude's blood and uses it to make a non-aggression pact with a, guy that, or with a god that's trying to destroy the Earth. Yeah. When Blackheart tries to rule hell by bringing it to Earth, Mephisto tries to stop him by giving the heroes who were fighting his son, Venom, the Flash Thompson version of Venom, the Red Hulk, who is General Thunderbolt Ross, infected with, the, or who turned himself into a different version of the Hulk, mm. X-23, a.k.a. Laura Kinney, and a new version of the Ghost Rider, brings them back to life. Gives them a chance to... Uh, fight Blackheart's forces. Alejandra? Uh, yes, this is the Alejandra story. Mephisto secretly bestows the heroes with Hellmarks, insignias that designated the Hell's heroes as his heirs without their knowledge, which is something Agent Venom would discover after his encounter with Hellstorm. The reason this story is important is because we come up to a point where the Red Hulk is given the Spirit of Vengeance, the Venom symbiote, and Laura Kinney, the X-23, riding on his back to go fight Blackheart. So, symbiote, Ghost Rider, Hulk, with a clone of Wolverine uh, giving him backup. Best fastball special I don't ever. like Rick Remender's writing. That's one of my favorite comic stories of the past 20 years. Like, that is the one time his writing has worked that for That sounds me. amazing. I have not found a time to read it yet, but, like, I will find a place to shove that into this our stories. Later, in a story that we're actually going to read pretty soon, Mephisto is defeated by the member of X-Factor known as Strong Guy, who had lost his soul as the new leader of Hell. Guido! <laughs> Go listen to one of our episodes of Word Balloons where we discuss Guido, but Guido is a guy who takes every hit. Like, you punch him, he takes that energy and it turns into muscle. Unfortunately, his powers developed when he was hit by a bus. So he's like Hulk big. <laughs> All the time. All the time. <laughs> I want it's be... terrible, and he's in constant pain. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> he got hit by a bus and he got big. That sucks. Uh, he doesn't seem to care too much that Strong Guy is taken over as the leader of Hell. And when the version of the Thunderbolts, which includes the Flash Thompson Venom that we already discovered and the Red Hulk that we just talked about, are transported to Hell, also Daredevil, Elektra, and the Punisher. Uh, Mephisto takes this opportunity to give them a way out if they defeat Strong Guy. Red Hulk manages to convince Guido to abandon the position of Hell Lord to try to regain his lost soul thus allowing Mephisto to return to his throne uh, and send the Thunderbolts back to Earth. Mephisto is later summoned by Agent Venom to remove his Hellmark, which had been transferred to Mania, a different Venom symbiote, 
and made her a target of the Department of Occult Armaments. Mephisto helps them deal with the DOA, but refuses to remove the Hellmark, cryptically revealing that it had been bestowed upon the symbiote and not its host. So Flash can't make a deal to remove it. Weird. The symbiote's not going to do it. Doctor Strange later uses magic to restore the city of Las Vegas following its ravaging at the hands of Hydra. This is a story that we are going to talk about in just like 10 minutes at the most, so we're going to kind of go over it real fast. But it ends with the Midnight Suns stealing... Not stealing. The Midnight Suns sending Ghost Rider to Hell, who then steals the throne of Hell, and Mephisto getting trapped in the Hotel Inferno, a portion of Hell that is stuck in Las Vegas. What's the difference? Yeah, pretty much. Now, here's the part where it's confusing, because Mephisto continues to appear while trapped in Hell. So there are a couple of possibilities. Either these are people pretending to be Mephisto, or Mephisto's from other dimensions coming to our dimension to mess with us, or Mephisto's not actually that trapped in Hotel Inferno, and it's just like, whatever, man, it's a vacation. <laughs> After Miss Marvel and Viv Vision, the daughter of the Vision, are killed in a battle with the, de- or with the alien known as Zax, Z-Z-A-X, uh, Mephisto offers a deal to the Miles Morales Spider-Man to reverse time and save his teammates. Unknowing to Miles Morales... A girl that they had saved is killed instead. This causes Miles to quit the champions and almost quit being a superhero because he's super traumatized by Mm -hmm. it. Uh, At some point, Mephisto, or someone claiming to be Mephisto, takes possession of Teddy Poole, the brother of Gwen Poole, who is a... Gwen Poole is a woman from an alternate universe that is sent to the Marvel Universe, and her power is that she is aware that she's in a comic book. That's... Okay. She bases herself off of Deadpool because she is a big fan of his. She liked his book. <laughs> it is a weird, strange book that pisses off a lot of like old school comic book fans, but is just a delight. That sounds really fun. It's so weird. Because Mother also like knew she was in a comic a little bit. She was very meta. Mm-hmm. She, like, she ate the panels. And whole, stuff. whole, the same whole concept. When Phil Coulson is killed by Deadpool, uh, he is sent to hell where Mephisto brings him back to life, and helps him create a version of the Squadron Supreme, which is pretty much a knockoff Justice League. Cool. Uh, to help him take on, on super villain, or superheroes. Phil Coulson had used to be a big superhero fan. He's the guy that was killed in the first Avengers movie with all of the, like, Captain America Yeah, he's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, but mm. after he's killed by Deadpool, he kind of loses all faith in everything going on. Why was he killed by Deadpool? Because Deadpool was convinced by a version of Captain America who was altered by the Cosmic Cube to become a Nazi that it was the right thing to do. Well, I'm glad I asked. Deadpool was not aware that he had been turned into a Nazi. And also was trying to be a hero and was like, Captain America said I should do this. That's probably the right thing to do. (laughs) And I'm not super good at guessing what the right thing to do is. So I'm going to trust Cap. He just sliced through him. (laughs) Captain America told me to do this. Yes. Dicing people up. (laughs) During the symbiote god Null's invasion of Earth. Yeah, that's a thing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Mephisto goads Blaze into attacking a symbiote dragon, which he incapacitated with the help of Danny Ketch, the second Ghost Rider, now going by the name of Death Rider. I want to see a symbiote dragon. 
Blackheart, his son, who seeks to restore Mephisto to his throne in order to prevent Lilith from taking over Hell, distracts Blaze, and Mephisto attempts to escape, but is confronted by a horde of demons escaping from Hell. The demons were taken over by the symbiote dragon's living abyss and captures Mephisto, who is rescued by the Ghost Rider, Death Rider, and Blackheart. After the symbiote-possessed demons were vanquished, Death Rider persuaded Blaze to let Mephisto reclaim his throne, to which Blaze begrudgingly obliged. As a parting gift, Mephisto captured the symbiote dragon and promised to destroy it, but instead reneges on his word and keeps it for his own purposes. <laughs> the dragon. Yeah, <laughs> I'd keep it too. It's not just a dragon. It is a dragon made of the same symbiote that the Venoms come from. It's a space dragon. <laughs> So, uh, just not a fan of the Death Rider look. Gonna point it's that not out. great. We're going to talk about it a lot in the Danny Catch episode that is coming up. It's an interesting thing, but it's a really bad helmet and a Cloud Strife sword from Final Fantasy VII. There's a lot of those. Yep. After Moon Knight and the god Khonshu see visions of an apocalyptic future caused by powerful demons, uh, Khonshu decides that the way to deal with this is to take over the world. A Mephisto from a different universe arrives to punish the Moon God for the crime of killing his reality's Mephisto. Kanchu kills this version of Mephisto with Mjolnir, which he has managed to capture. Only for another version of Mephisto to appear in the 616 reality, which, as far as I can tell, is the third or fourth version of Mephisto to appear here. <laughs> He's like, they just keep coming. I'm just going to keep killing them. Kanchu well, it, it, it continues happening. Kanshu defeats a hundred versions of Mephisto in a single day, but was ultimately more scared of him than he was before. <laughs> Meanwhile, Moon Knight realizes that Kanshu should probably not be in charge of Earth because Kanshu is insane <laughs> yeah. and helps the Avengers take him out. Also, if Moon Knight thinks you're insane, there's a problem. <laughs> Mephisto finds that he's unable to resurrect himself through his usual means and takes the form of a demonic black dog, devouring the family members of individuals who had made deals with him in the past in order to gain enough energy to resurrect himself, assisted by Howard Stark. I don't know where Howard Stark came into this. I'll be honest with you. Whoa. <laughs> Why does he like Howard Stark so much? <laughs> because Howard Stark was a... I'm not supposed to swear in this, but, like, it's the only appropriate word. He looks like Howard Stark. He, he pretends to be Howard Stark. Howard Stark helps him. Mephisto helps Phil Coulson change the timeline into a version where the Avengers are never founded and the Squadron Supreme is created instead. This Whoa. is kind of a Age of Apocalypse sort of thing. What In what is known as the Heroes Were Born universe. In creating a universe where only Blade remembers the real Marvel Universe. Uh, he manages to revive the Avengers and overthrow the thing, but the Nighthawk from that universe escapes into our universe and wants to recreate the, hero the universe he came from, the Heroes Reborn universe. This is all revealed to be a plot by Mephisto to show the other Mephistos from across the, uh, the multiverse what they can do if they kind of try, creating the Council of Red which is a collection of Mephistos from across the multiverse working together. Minus the 115 that were killed previously. <laughs> yeah, so there's some that are short. How narcissistic do you have to be to make a, a club of yourself? Okay. We're Let's gonna... ask King. Or Reed. Or... Or Reed doesn't like that, at least. Yeah. 
I'm just gonna ask you here right now. We're getting pretty long in the tooth. Do we want to bother to try to explain the kindred thing, or should we just move on to the next part, which is our reading? Um. Basically, Mephisto creates a demon known as Kindred to drive Peter Parker insane. Doctor Strange realizes Mephisto is messing with Kindred or messing with Peter, and makes various bets with him to free Peter's soul and to uh, free Harry Osborn's soul when he realizes that Pete has it. So instead of stepping in and being like, hey, I can help you, he's like, hey, let's watch him make some bets. <laughs> when you put it that way, yes. God, you are making me hate Doc Strange more and more. And he's he not a good person. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, he kind of, like, he's, he's doing what he can to help Peter. Doc Strange cannot take on Mephisto one-on-one. He probably could take on Kindred. Maybe, but Mephisto's just going to send him again. He keeps making new versions of Kindred. The long and the short of this is basically, thanks to the power of love between Peter Parker and Mary Jane, Peter wins. But in this one he does. That's the power of love. Okay. That's the power of love, baby. Got it. (laughs) And because Doc Strange knew this was going to happen and was like, that was my bet. He wins. Harry's sent to not hell, I guess, to heaven. And yes, Peter is a whole new level of trauma, baby. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't explain the Nick Spencer run of Spider-Man. I can't do it. I thought about it. I've been worrying about this for a month. And uh, you know what? We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and discuss Doctor Strange's Damnation. I can't do it. So... Doctor Strange, Damnation, by mostly Donny Cates and Nick Spencer. This is the first time we've ever done a crossover comic. And one thing that I found interesting that I wasn't quite expecting when we were setting up the series was how much I would look for different versions of not just the characters, but comic storytelling. Mm-hmm. So have you ever read a comic? Like, before we go into the story itself, have you ever read a comic book crossover before like this? Um, have we read one in the past? Not through us. No, then no. Because, I mean, we didn't just read, like, Doctor Strange, 85 through 93 or whatever. You know, we read mm. these issues of Iron Fist, this miniseries, these Doctor Strange series, these Scarlet Spider series of all things. <laughs> Which is kind of cool, actually. I guess, yeah, what what do you think of the idea of a comic crossover? Like, does it work for you? Or the, they're a very divisive concept in the comic universe. I th- or comic I, fandom. I enjoy them a lot. I think it's a... It's an interesting way to have one event happen and then keep, if it's a good event, people like it, keep showing different ways interacted with multiple characters, mm-hmm. which is what it did. So it showed us, this is, what's his name? The the karate. Iron Fist. Iron, Iron Fist. Fist. And which I, I didn't know existed before then. You didn't know Iron Fist? There's, <clears throat> you had a TV show. Didn't know. Okay. <laughs> no, that's fair. That it was TV a bad TV show. <laughs> didn't even know there was a TV show. Uh, also, I don't watch a whole lot of TV. So. That's fair. Iron Fist and Scarlet Spider, which I really enjoy. <laughs> ben Riley is somebody. one of my favorite comic book characters, but he should not be. <laughs> it's it's it wasn't like this is a really good character. It's like this character is amusing. I like it a lot. Um, my second comic ever was a Scarlet Spider comic, so mm. he's just like hardwired into my brain as like reading him like I'm seven. <laughs> <laughs> I had never read uh, read. Or watched anything with Hellriders, or at all? Ghostwriters. Ghostwriters. Uh, 
I, the only we can thing, tell. The, the only thing I had ever seen of it was the Nicolas Cage adaptation. And not, I didn't even watch it. I just knew it existed. That was no, it. We're going to watch at least one of those. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yes. sure I'll have fun. Um, and other than that, the rest of the characters are also really good. I like this version of Doctor Strange the most. I, for some reason, just clicked with me. I liked his... I felt like Donny Cates had a really good understanding of how Doctor Strange should be written. That he is an extremely flawed man, but he is a good man at the same time. Like, he will, you know, sacrifice himself and throw himself into hell at the drop of a hat. But he's terrible. <laughs> he <laughs> so, does so, not plan so things. so dumb about some of this. <laughs> I know. But, like... He, I like how he looks in this one. I like his cape more than the original cape for some reason. It is everything about this Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah, like, he didn't have the, the uh, like big the, collar. Yeah. I'm the only person who likes the Doctor Strange collar. I like, mean, I'm... <laughs> usually, usually that type of look is like up my alley. For some reason, just this whole the whole package of this, this Strange was like, that's the one. It's a really solid design. It's one of the ones that looks like it would fit into a D&D campaign, to be honest with you. Yeah, basically. Uh, I read the first few issues of this uh, on break at work, and I ended up having to go back downstairs and talk to one of my coworkers. I'm like, dude, like I'm really enjoying what we're reading. This might be one of my favorite stories yet, but at the same time, Doctor Strange is being so dumb. <laughs> He's like, I I know that there's going to be a price to pay, but whatever. Raise Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, oh wait, Hell Casino. Uh, that's not good. Everyone's like. Yo, Doc Strange, that's not good. Maybe we should all go in there. And he's like, nope, my problem. Slam the door behind me. <laughs> Doc Strange had had a bad couple of years before this. Almost all of magic had been destroyed. Mm -hmm. Loki had tricked him into thinking that Loki was now the Sorcerer Supreme. Mm -hmm. And in order to stop Loki, and he claims it was to uh, stop Loki because Loki couldn't be trusted, but really it was mostly because he kind of stole his girlfriend, mm -hmm. Zelma Stanton, who came up in some of our other stories. Mm -hmm. He breaks into Asgard and makes a deal with the world tree <laughs> to gain the power to stop Loki and is literally transformed into a god of magic. Which is pretty cool. So when he talks, uh, he loses most of that, but when he talks about how he had recently had a power upgrade, that's what he's talking about. Cool. But because Doc Strange thought that no one like had his back anymore, that he had driven everyone off and almost destroyed magic, he was so... Desperate. I think in this one, I would argue that he was trying to die. It kind of looks like it. He's he was like this was like his final. It felt like it, he was trying to do like a final legacy thing. Yeah, yeah. I, don't I think will he expected to survive. I will save Las Vegas. I will have this last hurrah. And then he immediately goes in, and makes cheats. a deal with Mephisto, and then cheats at blackjack with <laughs> inside of his own hotel. <laughs> now, it doesn't come up in this, but it does... There's a Spider-Man comic that reveals that there is an ongoing poker game amongst various superheroes. Okay. And that Doc Strange has the worst poker face in the Marvel community. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. He does not know how to gamble to save his life. Now, this is blackjack, not poker, so I don't know what the different rules are and stuff, but like... <laughs> the idea that the worst gambler in the superhero community goes in to a Las Vegas casino run by the devil and then tries to cheat. Seconds after turning down all of his friends' help. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. We're not going to talk... I mean, we're going to talk about Doctor Strange because this is at its heart a Doctor Strange comic, but this really does drive home how far gone... 
Doctor Strange can't see that literally everyone in the superhero community is down to help him. The Avengers were like, we just watched you mess this up while telling you this was a bad idea, and we still want to come in and help you. Mm -hmm. He's like, no. I got it. I can't. I got it. I can't. I'm alone. I got to fix this. Everything's bad. <laughs> and then he complains about it. My Doctors. girlfriend, who's not my girlfriend, left me because I lied to her and ditched her with Loki, of all people. And he's sitting there with his legs broken. He's like, why am I always alone? <laughs> <laughs> Weird. <laughs> when he actually got his legs broken, I'm like, that's what you get. Yeah. <laughs> you cheated. You're being so dumb about all of this right now, bro. This is the price you're talking about. <laughs> you're, and you're like shattered by the devil. That was a pretty brutal scene, too. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised that he actually got his legs broken Vegas for cheating. Uh-huh. It was awesome. It's a very... I feel like Mephisto had been watching a bunch of gangster movies before this and he thought that'd was. be a fun way to do about it. Because he says, like, it when the casino was down in hell, it was, like, eternities down there for him. So he probably, like had all the books and all the movies and stuff. Like, that's pretty cool. And he started his well, own business. Well, Las Vegas was founded by gangsters. Like, mm -hmm. the reason it's a big gambling den was because it was a big tax write-off for the mafia. Mm -hmm. The literal mafia is why we have Las Vegas. I also enjoy that he was like, we were just bored down there torturing people, so now we can torture people inside the casino. And they show a guy strapped to a, a pillar in the casino, still getting booked by this like, little demon. And everyone else is gambling in there. I'm like... Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, and this is another one of Mephisto's, like, I didn't really plan this, but let's see if it works, and set up that any little tiny sin, and I mean any little tiny sin, <laughs> jaywalking, damns people to hell immediately. <laughs> like, I broke the law. The least important, I mean, don't jaywalk, but like, um, I broke the least important law. I'm now damned for eternity. Mephisto's like, this is going so much better than I could have hoped. Overall, I think this is my favorite one we've read so far, though. It was pretty good. It's not my favorite, but I I super am not. You're going to love some of the stuff we're going to be reading. Oh, yeah. This is this is the Tyler section. The next. Well, I was also <laughs> I was like, oh man, this is so fun. This is so cool. I love some of these characters. Man, Johnny Blaze looks like a goober with his head not on fire. <laughs> Just as a dude. Just as a dude. I'm like, <laughs> what what's a dude doing here? Like, so. Uh, flame on or something, boy. Like <laughs> He's getting kicked out of the tower. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm looking at those Midnight Suns. The Midnight Suns, we have an episode planned that will kind of cover some of that. But like, so our characters here, we're, part of the reason we chose this is it's bringing in a bunch of characters that we will be seeing going forward. Mm. Johnny Blaze is getting an episode like three episodes from now. Um, Wong, we've already talked about. Moon Knight's getting an episode. Iron Fist is getting an episode. Elsa Bloodstone is getting at least part of an episode. Man-Thing is getting an episode. I always want to call him Swamp-Thing, but that's DC. Mm -hmm. That's the <laughs> distinguished competition. That reminds me of the scene. Look, I'm holding Man-Thing and I'm not on fire. I'm not afraid anymore. And then he drops him to hell. <laughs> he who knows fear burns at the touch of Man-Thing. Oh, Blade. That's the one I'm forgetting is getting an episode. Scarlet Spider is not getting an episode. He's like the only one of the Midnight Suns. I think I think I got his character when he beat that guy who just had red eyes. And his family's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's not evil. He just has an issue. Scarlet was going through a bad time in this. <laughs> um, he had been a clone of Spider-Man created by the Jackal, who then spent the next couple of decades in comic time 
just messing with him for the fun of it. Mm. And then, after he's killed by Norman Osborn, the Jackal brings him back to life in a way that he will remember all of, like, all of his stuff. And then he just kills him every day for years and brings him back. So he remembers dying thousands of times. Whoa. <laughs> and one of those implications is that he has died more than any other being in the universe. That's impressive. Hmm. Because every stats. day for years, the jackal would kill him and bring him back and then kill him in different ways. And it literally tarnished his soul. And the storyline of that run was he's desperately, desperately trying to become a hero and purify his soul again because he had just come off of a run of being an absolute nutter butter. Also, he does punch that fake little kid in the face. Yeah, no, he's not <laughs> likable in that run. He no, I is, loved him. He was amazing. He, he was more likable than Dr. Strange. Well, okay. <laughs> I will never get over that when we first planned out this season, you were like, I want to know about Dr. Strange. And now every episode, you're like, where can I insult Steven? <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> I do think my, my favorite part of this entire bit might have been the little exchange between uh, Elsa Bloodstone and Blade. Where she's like, you hunt vampires? I hunt monsters. Like, why are you so specialized? What do you do all day? It's like, she's like, I don't even ever see a vampire when I'm out hunting. You're He's welcome. Like, You're welcome. <laughs> it's my job. <laughs> I also love that they ask why Wong picked all of them. He's like, because I could kill all of you. Like, that's not the problem. If any of you die, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which... I don't think that's true. I don't think you could kill some of them. <laughs> Iron drive. Fist is the second greatest martial artist in the Marvel Comics universe. Mm -hmm. Only beat by Shang-Chi. I mean, Wong is powerful. And honestly, I don't know who would win between Iron Fist and Shang-Chi, because Iron Fist has the Iron okay. Fist. Yeah, Wong does have some magic, though, to counter it. But I mean, he's... Uh, I don't... Yeah. I mean, he's he's the reason... His whole family's purpose is just to assist the Sorcerer Supreme. Just saying, we watched Iron Fist punch multiple demons to death. Yeah. And kick some, even. <laughs> <laughs> His family's messed up. <laughs> yeah, nothing good comes from it. Uh, <laughs> His, what was this, that fat friend of his? Fat Cobra. The fat Cobra. Yeah, One of the other immortal weapons. Oh, I'm looking forward to reading the fat Iron Cobra Fist run again. <laughs> Fat Cobra is awesome. Fat Cobra is very honest about what he wants to do. He's one of the several immortal weapons of heaven, and he not <clears throat> Christian heaven, but yeah, yeah. Um, he wants to sleep with women and drink meat and fight things. Yeah. Where he where his life is very simple, and he's very good at it. His mom is so disappointed. <laughs> so oh, bad. Yeah. The immortal weapons. The immortal weapons are so cool. We'll get to them a ways down the road, but we'll get to them. Um, with that in mind, you mentioned your favorite thing there, which that's in my top three favorite things. The other two, one, how freaking sweet the Ghost Rider Avengers look, particularly the mm. Black Panther Avenger, who I just thought really, was yeah. so cool. Really good. All of them looked really good. And then two on the other... I think my favorite was Jane... Ooh, uh, yeah, the Thor, Lady Thor. Yeah, Mighty Thor. Ghost Rider, Mighty Thor, Ghost Rider. 
was very cool. Although Stephen Strange as a ghostwriter was also pretty sweet. I mean, all of them. Hawkeye was goofy, but that's Hawkeye. But that, that's his also, job. Also, his shirt is, or his costume is a t-shirt these days, so... Because he doesn't need anything else. He has a bow, and then if he's going to die, he's going to die. <laughs> Soup's OP, bro. I will argue for the classic Hawkeye costume. I know I'm in the minority of that one. I just don't like Hawkeye. That's fair. <laughs> you're wrong. I mean, you're not wrong, but I mean, you're... Fa- <laughs> You're right, but you missed the point. The only person Um, that did less in that comic was Moon Knight, because he was just a dude in a suit for that one. He didn't... He's like, Moon Knight's not here to help you, but I am. I will hear no bad words against Mr. Knight. No, I love Moon Knight. And you will understand why you were wrong with that, by calling him just a man in a suit. In Um, in that comic, is all he was. (laughs) He's like... He just points things out. He's like, what about that? And he's punching the head. He's like, hey, what about that? And he's punching the head. (laughs) It's not important to this, but we saw a picture of the upcoming Moon Knight TV series where he has the full Mo- Mr. Knight mm-hmm. outfit. I'm like, just wear that, man. It looks really good. It's 2022. We don't need any character in a white hood. Just wear the Mr. Knight. <laughs> it looks awesome. Look. The fact I saw that after reading the, the commercial for it, I literally saw that after I finished this comic. I was like, huh. oh, okay. What yeah. a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then my third favorite thing is honestly, well, one, Doctor Strange beating the crap out of Mephisto with the power of Thor's lightning was mm, pretty sweet. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. But the the talk between Wong and Doctor Strange is probably my favorite thing overall because I thought it was a nice little moment of like character growth between mm. the two. Like, look, man, we have to do messed up stuff. We will not always like each other. But I got your back. Always. Even when I'm pissed about it. It was pretty good. That w- that was actually a character development for Doctor Strange, which probably won't be there in the next <laughs> few issues. But <laughs> this is the problem with the comic book. With the mm-hmm. uh, not just the comic book, but with the problem with any ongoing media, particularly ones that last fifty years, mm-hmm. there is only so much growth you can do because something similar is gonna come up again. It has to. Doctor Strange is going to make a bad deal to fight a demon because he doesn't see anything else. Plus it sells well. Tony Stark <laughs> is going to make a d*** of himself. I mean, that's just who... He, you don't need a character development. That's just who <laughs> that's he just is. Tony Stark. <laughs> and also, uh, especially at the end when he was fighting Doctor Strange, and they mentioned, like, oh, you're not the Lord of Hell anymore. It still struck me how powerful Mephisto is without being the Lord of Hell. He's like, okay, let's just go take a look. And he takes them all down to hell. And it's like... Oh, he can just go there whenever he wants. He doesn't have to rule it. He just can. (laughs) Even when he's not in charge of hell, he's still a hell lord. He is a demon on par with what we know of as Satan. Like that panel too, where he looks up because he was on the floor. Like he got kicked or something. He looks up and the panel of him is like, he doesn't, he doesn't matter. Like he could (laughs) easily kill you right now. (laughs) He's just relaxing. (sighs) And then we see the like, 90 different Ghost Riders. And most of those have appeared before in various places. Noble Kale was in that, I saw. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure... The 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 Leprechaun one. The Leprechaun one that everyone loves. <laughs> that nobody loves. He's the worst. Yeah. But everyone but knows everyone it. everyone loves to mention him. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, oddly, the Phantom Rider was in there, which is weird, mm-hmm. but uh, they've... He'll come up. Phantom with, Rider gets used a lot. Phantom Rider was originally called Ghost Rider, and it was a Wild West comic. Mm. But when they invented the modern version of Ghost Rider, it was unconnected. 
They changed his name to Phantom Rider, and they occasionally try and connect them together. Okay. Interesting. But Phantom Rider sucks. I mean, he's just a bad person. Like, he's just... I mean, he does live in hell. He deserves it. Yeah. One of the series we'll read, though, he's pretty cool looking. Uh, uh, Ghost Racers? Racers. Yeah, okay. Because they make him centaur cowboy. Like, centaur cowboy zombie that's, like, all white. All right, I'm in. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm also excited to read (laughs) Doc. Next book, for reasons I'll mention next time. (laughs) Only time he's appeared in this ne- in our next reading, Doctor Strange is not a. D- he's actually in the right in the appearance that I've got. Uh, do we have anything about this else about this before we jump into next time? I thought the art style was probably uh, it's my second favorite compared to the Wanda book we read, which I think is mm. my favorite art style. This is some of the best art we've had. <clears throat> he, I don't know the name of this artist off the top of my head. I'm assuming we mean like the Doctor Strange stuff in particular, yeah. but is. Absolutely on fire. It's gorgeous. It's so good. And we need more of it. Um, I really recommend that you read all of the Donny Cates Doctor Strange run. Mm. It's a single storyline before this, and then a single issue after this that's kind of a tie-in. It's I read it all in a day. And it is all on this level of good. So The after issue is awesome. I read the after issue. You, you absolutely have to read it. It is also, it's Doctor Strange and Spider-Man hanging out, and that is one of my favorite combos, because Doctor Strange is, like, kind of annoyed by Spider-Man, but also can't help but like him, is mm-hmm. like, God, you're such a better person than me. <laughs> like, I mean, that's not a high bar. <laughs> Doctor Strange literally saves so many people. I'm huh. just going to defend no, no, him here. I don't, he, but on the list of superheroes. Who... Okay. <laughs> uh, I do want to say, I, I do want to mention, uh, if anybody involved with any of these comic book apps, whether we're talking about Marvel or the Distinguished Competition, like... Group your crossovers in your app. Don't make me it jump between. Confuses me so much that they've never done that. If I have to Google to go to the Wikipedia page to then find out what the corresponding book was supposed to be, and not just be able to do that in the app, there's a problem. Um, and to be honest with you, their collection, like the physical collection which I read, was not very well assembled either mm. because it didn't try and put stuff in like the correct time frame. Right. It just did. Oh, did the it just do damnation, like damnation? Mini-game. Then Doctor Strange, Oof. then Iron or Scarlet Spider, then Iron Fist, and that is a bad way of telling the story because you're time jumping too mm. much. Mm. The good ones will be like Doctor Strange forty three, Damnation one, Doctor Strange whatever. So I don't have to try and figure that out myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did just like. Google Doctor Strange Damnation reading order and just followed that list. But <laughs> me too. <laughs> uh, next episode we will be covering Damien Hellstrom, the son of Satan, Man, which we have been looking forward to since the very first episode. Well, j- only because you have to say Damien Hellstrom, son of Satan, every time. It's like a tribe called Quest. You gotta say the full thing. We will be reading. The Hellstorm Prince of Lies miniseries, not miniseries, ongoing series, and the following Druid miniseries written by Warren Ellis. Um, Part of the reason this is going to be late is because only the first half of that is on the Marvel Unlimited app. I do apologize for that. Usually we try and do things only on the Marvel Unlimited app, but 
Mac here has openly talked about wanting to read the Druid miniseries since the Dr. Druid episode, so we just couldn't resist this. Well, that's all the time we have set aside for our lesson today. For those of you staying on the island, the hourly game of... You forgot to do this part, didn't you? Tetris. <laughs> Can there be banter music in the Tetris? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Start soon. For everyone else, we hope your cruise back to the wild world nerdery is swift and safe and super fun. Bon voyage. Thank you for listening to this episode of Noob Island. If you like the show, please hit subscribe. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, that would also be super helpful. As always, we are part of the Earworm Podcast Network and would greatly appreciate it if you could go check out all of our sister shows over at earworm.com. That's E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. A big special thanks to Ian Ford for our theme song and music. We'll catch you next time.